Hello, my name is Tanya, and welcome to podcast number 17, Controlling Technology or Letting Technology Control You. Be brave enough to embark on the adventure of a lifetime. This podcast is about how to strengthen and create intentional families. It is great to have you with us. I hope your week was abundant. Was it a garden week, a desert week, or a jungle week for your family? How fast do the cars in your desert go? Those wide open spaces leave a lot to the imagination. (laughs) Whatever your family looks like or feels like at any given moment is okay, and each is beautiful in its own way. We are here to strengthen the foundation of whatever type of family you have with what I call the foundational five, balance, structure, faith, personalization, and practice. When you were old enough to drive, did your father just hand you the keys to his prized Tesla and say, go for it. See you back here in five hours. (laughs) That would have been a dream, but it's not reality. If you were my children, you had to begin driving in the oldest and most beat up family vehicle available, preferably one that shifts like a tractor. (laughs) I drove my children to a safe place like a parking lot of the church or a backcountry road. First, I gave my teenager several lessons about all of the components of the car before even giving them the keys. And then I gave them the keys to practice for a few minutes. When my nerves could no longer handle this practicing, which usually lasted about 20 to 30 minutes, and after a few more gray hairs, (laughs) I took the keys back and I would drive the car home. My child and I would do this about two times each week for a period of over about nine months or even a year, slowly expanding the area of practice from a parking lot to an unoccupied back roads to slow neighborhoods, then to faster and busier roads, then to highways. And lastly, when you feel like the child has enough experience, you bravely risk your life by taking them onto the freeway. By now you are totally gray. (laughs) The freeway is a rite of passage that the teenager has mastered all of the skills needed to be a safe and cautious and skilled driver. The youth have demonstrated that they can be trusted to follow all of the rules. This analogy is how technology should work in families. There are many steps to being able to have full access of that smartphone. And it may take several years to master all of those steps and finally arrive at a place where you are trusted by your parents and society with full access to the internet. It is a huge mistake for parents to give their children a smartphone with full access to the internet at a young age and expect them to be mature enough physically, emotionally, and intellectually to handle it appropriately. I heard someone once say, I am so thankful I had a childhood before technology took over. This step-by-step process could look like this. A youth who is 12 or 13 could have a phone that only has phone and picture ability. They learn to keep track of the phone and use it at appropriate times and in appropriate ways. If they demonstrate they can be trusted, then at age 14 or 15, depending on the maturity of the child, you could add texting and music. This allows youth to connect with their friends, but the risk is they could do this all day long connect with their friends. (laughs) At this point, when adding texting, you tend to pull away from the nuclear family and towards friends. Parents need to be prepared for this dynamic change in the family. Being able to manage the emotional strains of these new texting relationships can be a huge challenge for youth who are not emotionally mature enough to handle it. The important thing is that we give them time to practice. 
When they learn how to manage the phone, pictures, texting, and music in ways that are satisfactory to both the youth and their parents, then, at age 16 or 17, they can have filtered access to the internet. This scenario states that by the time they are 18 or 20 and ready to leave the house, they have fully mastered the dangers and complexities of our cyber world. This is an example of how technology can be taught safely and slowly in a step-by-step way to help youth and children. Of course, every child is different in their maturity levels and their ability to manage the responsibilities that come with technology, but the principle of step-by-step instruction and giving them time to practice is crucial. Is your family a creator of media content or merely a consumer of media content? While it is okay sometimes to consume media, it is very best to be the creator of it. Studies have shown that creating media will give individuals and family skills and increase self-confidence more than merely being a consumer. It will bring purpose to your lives and more peace. If you find yourself or members of your family consuming more than creating, you can change. You can improve the purpose of your life by finding something to create. If your child loves video games, you can provide your child with digital animation software to create their own or even basic programming software to begin programming video games. If your child loves spending time on Pinterest or doing art, you could provide designing software so that your child can learn digital design principles. If your child loves music, you could provide online music creation software like BandLab or even better, music lessons. <laughs> if your child loves spending time watching YouTube videos, they could learn to make and create their own videos and even have their own YouTube channel. Maybe your ch- children would love podcasting if they like to write. There are so many wonderful ways to create media instead of being merely a consumer. Muhammad Gandhi said, Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Video games are being dubbed the new drug. 60 million people are considered addicted to video games, including 8.5% of youth between the ages of 8 and 18. Although young adults between 18 to 24 years old tend to be the ones experiencing the most harm from their gaming, such as struggling with college or university studies, they often develop the problem in adolescence. The average age a child first sees pornography is age 11, with 12% of websites on the internet being pornographic and 70% of young men ages 18 to 24 visiting pornographic websites on a monthly basis. 67% of children admit to clearing the internet history to hide their online activity. 56% of divorce cases involved one spouse having an obsessive interest in online pornography. This is not surprising considering the fact that one-third of teens are walking around with an X-rated theater in their pockets by means of the internet. It is not my design to expound all of the inherent dangers and problems with technology, but to give your family insights into how to diminish or reduce these risks. We live in such a wonderful age of technology our grandparents could not even have imagined. We also have a lot of responsibility to use this technology to bless our lives and the lives of our family and those around us or it could be desperately destructive instead of useful. We know that technology makes family relationships even more complex and the challenges inherent in technology are life-changing. So I want to provide you 10 life hacks for families to help in wisely managing children's media. One, create technology-free zones. A bedroom could be a technology-free zone. Have technology in public spaces only. 
Two, create technology-free times. For example, everyone puts away media at family dinner time because it is a sacred family time. Family dinner is a time when families connect with each other face-to-face and discuss the important parts of their lives and days and focus on being together without interruption. Three, all media can go in a common basket at 10.30 p.m., at which time the internet also turns off. Four, make time to learn about privacy and parental controls. Five, dedicate several of your family meetings, like we discussed in podcast 10 and 11, to safe family technology guidelines and why they are important. Be proactive and make a plan about what to do when you come across media that is inappropriate. Six, family movie night. Watch TV to create shared experiences, not just to be entertained. 7. A family video game night where you play games together unites families versus individuals withdrawing to play their own media in isolation. 8. Know your child's passwords. 9. Limit screen time and set very clear boundaries. 10. Above all else, be the example to your children of appropriate use of technology. One study completed at the National Institute of Health stated, family collective efficacy is members' beliefs in the capabilities of their family to work together to promote each other's development and well-being, maintain beneficial ties to systems outside the family, and to exhibit resilience in adversity. Higher collective family efficacy links with higher family satisfaction, open communication, effective parental monitoring, and lower aggressive management of conflicts and communication problems. Indeed, given that nowadays, adolescents spend significant amounts of time using social media in a variety of goals, scholars often talk about generation media, referring to modern adolescents. Indeed, on one hand, technology can provide positive results in terms of family cohesion, adaptability, and open communication, and can have a positive impact on family relationships, too. By allowing family members to keep in touch, make plans in real time, ensure children's safety as they allow communication in emergency situations, strengthen family ties in current parent-child interactions, and promote and facilitate discussions. Technology and social media use could increasingly ensure autonomy in security conditions as they help parents in communicating with their children at any time, checking their movements in physical and online spaces. On the other hand, the connectedness allowed by mobile devices and social media needs to be negotiated in time, space, and occasions where it is allowed, and the chances to perpetually communicate need to be monitored. A risk arising from the lack of monitoring and negotiation about social media and mobile device use, which could impact family relationships and dynamics, seems related to the fubbing phenomenon. For example, ignoring someone in a social environment by paying attention to mobile devices instead. Depending on how parents perceive technology, it can be a source of strengthening families by increasing learning cooperation, providing useful tools, opportunities, and family bonding times. Or it can create an extra amount of conflict, as parents who are more worried about social media impacts can exert a greater control over their children's use, making adolescents get the perception of being hyper-controlled by their parents. That, in turn, can increase the level of conflict and aggression. When parents are aware of their family's ability to manage social media-related changes in family functioning and habits, like changing boundaries, 
This can foster their perception about new potentials and new opportunities coming from social media they can use to keep in touch with their children. Most of all, when they are adolescents and are facing up to their individualization process and becoming their own people. If parents are able to not make their children feel like they are invading their privacy or being oppressive or hyper-controlling, and to discuss with them how social media should be used to reduce risk, social media can at last strengthen family ties and foster more secure conditions for adolescents to obtain greater autonomy from their parents and for parents to let them face up in these situations. Indeed, when used in a responsible and aware way, social media can represent a resource and an educated added value within family relationships, helping parents to exploit a new educational and participative space that could strengthen the relationships with their children. In summary, media needs to be step-by-step -step and intentional, not accidental. This involves preparing ahead of time instead of reacting when situations arise. Are you controlling the technology or letting the technology control you? Create more than you consume and above all, keep open the lines of communication and respect your parents. They pass school without Google. <laughs> Meaningful and intentional learning is goal-oriented and the active creation of knowledge. So in this podcast, I offer challenges and encouragement to help you create knowledge. This week, I want to challenge you to have a family meeting about the benefits of creating media versus consuming it. Technology is at its best when it brings people together. In future episodes, we will delve deeper into topics like teaching through reflective questioning, counseling together. The topics in this podcast are general advice. If you need specific help, please seek out professional advice. I try to release a new podcast every other Thursday, so look for it on Spotify, SoundCloud, BandLab, Google Podcast or Apple Podcast Connect. I invite you to subscribe to my podcast and share it with your favorite people. Send me your thoughts or questions you want me to address. Tell me what you would like to learn more about. Also, tell me what happened when you applied this principle in your family. Be sure to join us next week to learn about conflict in families is inevitable. Contention is not. Effective problem solving and decision making. Remember the five foundational family principles, balance and gymnastics, consistency and ice cream, faith and fight songs, personalization and power, practice and horses. Thanks for joining us today. Focus on the foundational five to strengthen and create an intentional family. Beware, it's a jungle out there.